Hello. Welcome to the Science Basement podcast. And today we're recording from a new location. location. We are at the Kaisatalo Library in the city center of Helsinki. Yes, it's a really cool library, so we'll have probably the photograph there. Yes, we will see. try to take yeah, the, the cover picture from, from the nice stairs downstairs. And this time we promised to have this episode in episode number 11. And finally, we are going to talk about epigenetics with our guest, who is Chiara Facciotto, who is a PhD student at the Biomedicum uh, of the University of Helsinki. And what she works on is how epigenetics influences cancer response to therapy. Welcome, Chiara. Thank you. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. And also, Chiara is a member of the Science Basement. She's Yay. the secretary, actually. Yes, and one of I the take founding, notes. <laughs> one of the founding members, so... Yes, VIP, so VIP yeah, pay respect, respect, Chiara, respect. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so let's start straight into, into the business here. What is epigenetics? So uh, if you think about our body, we all have a bunch of different cells, but inside these cells, we have basically the, the same DNA. So the DNA is the like uh, instruction manual that produces us uh, and how comes that the instruction manual is the same and then you get different products out of it, like different cell types? Well, that's because there are several mechanisms inside the cell uh, that regulates which part of these instruction manuals is used and which ones is not needed. And one of these mechanisms is the epigenome. Uh, that's basically, um, I think a formal definition would be like, a group of mechanisms that affect the three-dimensional structure of the DNA without affecting the actual sequence. So they don't change what's written in the book, but they just index which part you should read to make a certain cell, more or less. And, um, and it's really cool because it's linked to like environment and like how environment like changes us and how we adapt to it and so on. So yes. But you said something about the structure of it being So you basically have chemicals that attach to the DNA or to the histones that are proteins around which the DNA is wrapped. And uh, these chemicals can change the three-dimensional structure and affect also how other proteins bind to the DNA and carry out their functions, basically. Um, so when the structure is very compressed then you cannot basically use that part of DNA because nothing can bind there anymore. Like, you cannot use it. But when the structure is more open, so then these chemicals basically make it, like, loose, um, then other proteins can access that part and, like, read it and produce whatever it's written there. Okay. So if you have your DNA and some parts are closed, mm -hmm. what determines what's closed and what's open? The epigenome. Yes. And that can be altered in a lifetime by the environment. Yes, that's already altered in every cell type because uh, since you use different genes, like you produce different proteins in every cell type, um, basically the, the epigenome that you have in your muscle cells is different than the one that you have in your neuron cells, which makes it kind of difficult to... Um, study because you don't have one epigenome, you have several epigenomes. And like 
you have epigenomes for different cell types, but then when like something goes wrong and the like epigenome is not correct, then you also might get diseases like cancer, for instance, um, because you are not basically producing the right proteins for that type of um, uh, of um, cell. So it's like you have an instruction manual and uh, or like a recipe book and you want to make, I don't know, pizza. I'm Italian, so pizza. Um, <laughs> And uh, you have uh, like basically the the epigenome tells you like which ingredients you're gonna use out of all the ones that you have in the shelf. So the shelf could be the DNA, like which where you have all your ingredients, and then the epigenome kind of selects the ones. But then if at a certain point, for instance, you get pineapple on your pizza. <laughs> Is that cancer? <laughs> That's exactly cancer. I'm Italian, no pineapple on the pizza. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so it might be that like the epigenome goes crazy and tells you to use the ingredients that you don't need or like to throw away some that was very important. And then that can cause diseases like cancer is one of them, but like um, there are other diseases that have been linked uh, to this kind of like mechanism being disrupted. But so you're basically saying that if, so cancer is basically a cell being sick that just wants to reproduce themselves and being making another group of sick cells. But are you saying that this comes at, from start, from the fact that the, if, if there is a problem with the epigenome? No. So, um, I think the origin of cancer is still under debate mm -hmm. and I guess it depends on the type of cancer because people tend to think of cancer as like one disease, mm -hmm. but actually every cancer, even the same cancer type, like in two different people, it's different. And even the same cancer inside a person is different. There's a lot of heterogeneity because cancer is basically a cell going crazy and starting to like change the DNA, like it gets mutations in the DNA, it changes what it's producing in terms of proteins. So like changes in the epigenomes are only one of the mechanisms that are altered. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, one of the characteristics of cancer cells is that basically they manage to escape the like immune system that normally would recognize them as like, hey, you're a crazy cell, I need to kill you, but like, They, they manage to escape this and uh, they start like duplicating very quickly. Um, so they just, that's why cancer grows so fast because normal cells don't grow, like don't duplicate that fast. But in, in the case of cancer, they just keep uh, splitting. It's like keeping up the pineapple on your pizza. Yes, all, all pineapple all mm. over. <laughs> There's not even pizza anymore. <laughs> Okay, so how, what do you do to study this epigenome? So I'm actually not a biologist, I'm a computer scientist, so I don't study it in the wet lab, but I study it in the computer. And I use certain data uh, where I can check uh, where along the DNA I can find a certain epigenetic mark, or meaning like a certain chemical compound that attaches to the DNA or to the these histone proteins that are proteins around which the DNA is wrapped and that they also influence the three-dimensional structure. So I basically checked um, and compared, let's say, like a, a healthy patient and a cancer patient, and I tried to see where there are differences, like where I can find marks in the cancer patients that are not present in the same position of the um, 
of the healthy patient and vice versa. And then I try to see like which genes or what is the function of that portion of DNA and see if that is important or if that is not that important for like the cancer progression. Because in my case, I studied on cancer, but of course this can be done also in other um, diseases. For instance, they do a lot of um, twin studies um, for epigenetics because when you compare like a healthy patient and a cancer patient, you are assuming that their DNA is the same, but it's not. But with twins, you don't have that problems because they have exactly the same DNA. So when you find changes in the epigenome, that's like really cool because, for instance, when one twin is obese and the other one is very thin, then like you know that there is no genetic difference that can cause this. So it might be lifestyle and uh, hence epigenetics also. Super cool that the, this. So even if you start with the same DNA, in the case of uh, you can still get differences. This, yeah, yes. and from the epigene. And what kind of what would it cause? Okay, so you're saying environment and lifestyle. Yeah, like what you eat. Uh, well, people tend to think of environment as like chemical and physical factors. So like what you eat, how much you exercise, uh, what kind of chemical compounds you're exposed to. Like if you smoke, there are a lot of studies on smoke and epigenome. Oh, no, don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, well, for exercise, I love being watching TV series, so... Uh, I'm doomed as well. Um, <laughs> but then it has been shown that it's not just uh, the um, physical and chemical environment, but it's also the social environment. Like, so um, I think... So if you don't have friends, your epigenome is different. Well, I guess the, it could be linked to maybe, I don't know, depression, like your social um, like uh, environment might... Uh, influence the epigenome and that could link to depression. I don't know. I haven't actually read a study about that, but I wouldn't be surprised about it. Mm. Um, okay, so this is a question. I I, I would kind of understand, well, not really, but <laughs> I would kind of pretend to understand that if you smoke, you're actually inhaling some chemical. But if it's a, if it's a lifestyle... Well, like there is this word like stress... Uh, so stress can be a physical stress but it can also be a psychological stress mm. and that still can be like a burden to the body okay. like it can still weaken your immune system so I guess that could be one way I yeah I don't know in details okay, but I, I think that uh, like socioeconomical status like there have been studies checking that so you mentioned again about this, um, what kind of molecules are attaching to the DNA? Yes. And the 3D structure, how that also determines what's on and off. Yeah. So at least for my biology, high school biology, I, I just ended up with a double helix being the DNA. Yeah. And that's it. So, so can you go a little bit more into what the structure means really? Yeah, so if you think about the our DNA, I think the DNA contained in one cell is something like two meters long. If you were to like, because it's a thread, it, yeah. so if you unwrap it, it's two meters long. And I mean, that needs to be some somehow packaged into a, the a cell. cell that is like, I don't know, nanometers wide or something like that. So, uh, so then it has this way of being packaged. So there are these proteins called histones. 
that basically are like tennis balls, imagine, and then you just wrap the DNA around them. And then you have like several of them across the DNA. And in that way, you can wrap it around and then compress it because you just have, you just have like inside the nucleus of the cell, a bunch of these histones around which this is wrapped. And it's just the way of packaging. But then you can have it more tightly packed or like more loosely packed. And that would be like depending on the epigenome. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, your DNA is taller than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of these are taller than me. I'm not very tall. <laughs> um, I have one question. So you said that there are uh, different epigenomes in one uh, in, in one cell, right? No, one cell has one epigenome, but different cell types have different types epigenome. of epigenome. Oh, okay. Yes. So when there are these external factors that change your epigenome, yeah, does it change? Like, can one factor influence only one type of epigenome or does it influence all the different types of epigenome in, the, well, in, the, in your whole body? I, I think so. Um, well, because the epigenome is not static throughout life, so it's something that changes. But one example of something that would change a specific one, I'm thinking about colon cancer. So colon cancer has been linked... Uh, with Western diet, so a diet rich of um, red meat and fats and, well, the classic junk food. Um, So if you eat predominantly these kind of foods, then I think that your digestive system is the one that is exposed to it Mm -hmm. and it's the one that is going to be changed, uh, influenced by it the most. So, like, that's why colon cancer. Oh, okay. Um... So yes. Oh, and basically, okay, the same with smoke that yeah, that's the lungs. Okay. Exactly. So it depends also like which tissue is exposed. Okay. So there might be factors that change your entire epigenome as a whole, and factors that are more localized. Yes, I I guess it depends on the exposure, like what is exposed to what. Okay. Yeah. Um, and how about how long does it take for your cells to start reacting to these environmental factors? I guess it depends on the stimuli. Like um, I would expect something like uh, radiations that are already able to like change your like DNA structure, then they, they would be very quickly. So quick, so then like even one exposure might be enough. Um, but then other other things, I think that it's like the being constantly exposed to them like smoking or western diet it's not that if you eat a cheeseburger once then you're doomed for colon cancer it's just if you eat it every day for a year then your chances are much much higher but even then like it's just like you are more prone to get a certain disease but you never have the certainty that you will get it but then okay so you're looking at it through bioinformatics yes and you're looking at where do you have this yeah, because okay. basically, like, if you take a microscope and you wanted to, like, look at the DNA and at its structure, as far as I know, we don't have microscopes that are that good. Like, you cannot, like, really go uh, nucleotide by nucleotide. So nucleotides are, like, the, like, bricks to build the DNA. So you cannot go one by one and see, like, okay, this one I have something attached, this one I don't have anything, and so on. 
but bioinformatics basically allows us to do that. So um, there are biologists that extract the DNA from the cells, and like with the DNA, it's epigenome. And then they do something called um, sequencing. So basically they read, like they fragment the DNA and they read it like fragment by fragment. So you know exactly what are, what is the sequence of bricks that makes that fragment and whether or not there is some like epigenetic mark attached to that part. And then what we do is that we take all these fragments, we put them all together into like what the DNA would be. And we study like, okay, in this location, I have like this chemical attached and in this location, I don't. But this is done at the computer just because we cannot like use anything that is visual. So we, we have to, to use bioinformatics at this stage. But maybe one day when we will have like microscopy good enough to actually go and like with the lens read it all, it's going to be a very boring read because mm -hmm. it's something like 3 billion bricks. <laughs> so I don't know who's going to want to do read that, but... Summer students. Yes, <laughs> interns. <laughs> and in your computer, when can you eventually say this one that is not supposed to be like this, change it and then feed it back to our body and reprogram it? Not with the computer. But one study that I've been working on with a colleague of mine, well, several colleagues of mine, um, and that we are now trying to publish is that we took cancer cells from uh, like uh, four uh, type of lymphoma uh, and then they were all like resistant to their therapy. And what we did is that we tried to reprogram them using certain drugs or compounds that uh, are, have been developed to affect the epigenome. So we first tried to reprogram the epigenome and then we gave the therapy again, uh, the one that before didn't kill the cells, and we observed that now it kills them better. So epigenetic could be used in future and it's already actually been used right now as a therapy there are a few epigenetic drugs already uh, approved by fda and um, being used in cancer treatment but i don't think uh, as reprogramming like in this way of reprogramming for another therapy just as a actual treatment okay but yes if we reprogram the epigenome we could like we could even change the type of cell that we have. Mm. So basically, in the future, when this kind of research will go on and on, we could even maybe, if some external factors have changed the epigenome towards some bad, in some bad way, so probably like some cancer develops and stuff, you can just give a factory reset to all your <laughs> epigenome reset. and virtually possible we are nowhere close to that but one um, day we, 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 we can factory reset people if we want to talk about science fiction yes one day <laughs> that would be possible uh, i think right now we need more basic research to really understand what all these chemicals does and how do they affect and how do they change like their position changes in diseases and so on. So we we don't have yet a full understanding of all these mechanisms. But one day, if we reach that understanding, then yes, we could. I mean, there is already genome editing. We can already edit the genome of ourselves. So why not the epigenome? Mm -hmm. So really, lifestyle and environment, it's not uh, kind of hippie advice that you should really care take care because of your health but really like it really affects 
your genome? Yes, I think there is this century-long uh, debate of nature versus nurture, like which one is most important, like nature, meaning our DNA that is passed down from our parents, or nurtured, like the way that we are brought up, the environment surrounding us throughout life. And I think epigenetic is beautiful in that way that it bridges the two. So you have your DNA, you have the environment outside, and epigenetic kind of brings them together. And like it just allows your body to respond better to... Um, to what is expected uh, from the uh, from the environment. Mm -hmm. uh, one other question. Um, so, as as we introduced you uh, and your and your subject, like how epigenetics influences cancer response to therapy. So, was that uh, what you were saying about giving these drugs that can change the epigenome and then check how cancer responses to to these kind of drugs or like what what. What so is that this is, cancer response to therapy correlated to epigenome about? Yes. Yeah, so, well, that is one study that we have done. Uh, but basically, if you think about cancer, even though like um, treatments have evolved a lot in the last few decades and they are getting better and better, there are still cancers like ovarian cancers where um, patients have relapsed very quickly after the first therapy. And like we still don't understand very well why certain patients are cured and why others are not giving the same treatment. Like you think they would affect the same mechanism, is the same like family of cancers. So, so basically we are trying to investigate what are the differences between these patients that are like good responders and patients that are poor responders. And, um, and well, we like in my lab and in other groups, we, uh, try to investigate these at different levels, like we try to check if there are genetic differences, if like certain um, certain patients express certain type of proteins and others don't, and so on. Uh, and then one of the things that we're looking into is the epigenome. Like specifically, I study a compound that is called like a DNA methylation, so it's a methyl group that attaches to the DNA, and I try to see if that might be affecting how patients respond to therapy. Mm. Yeah, because basically if you yeah, if you have the same exactly same kind of cancer and exact same therapy, yeah, there must be something in the yeah. cell. Yeah, but cell if you think about changes it changes the response. Yeah. If you think about it like even when you take a medicine, there are certain people that when they have a headache they take ibuprofen, others they take paracetamol and others take something else. So it's I'm, just, I'm ibuprofen team. Yeah, I, I'm also Forever. ibuprofen. And my I sister always right. tries to convince me to take paracetamol. And I'm like, it doesn't do anything for me. So it's just because like people's body are different and they respond to different things. And that might be because of their DNA changes or it might be because of something else. So that's why we study at like many levels. Like, mm. Oh, our bodies are so complicated. Mm. Yeah, I mean, medicine right now is not done by doctors alone or biologists alone. Like when you have, when you really want to tackle a disease, then you need like doctors, clinicians, you need biologists, you need bioinformaticians that are going to bioengineers, gonna do bioengineers for the drugs, chemists, and like you need so many different expertise, and that's like I think one of the coolest part of science that you're just integrating so many layers of knowledge. 
and yeah that's very beautiful yeah very tough but very <laughs> beautiful so uh when you about this epigenetics so i keep thinking of them as an off off and on yeah that's the way that it's usually abstracted okay is there do you know a percentage of what things are on and what things are off in our body that could change like mm. like the potential that could you know the things that are dormant and the things that are active at one time well i mean it depends on each cell okay. i think that there are cells where i don't think it's a matter of per- percentage it's there are certain genes that are on in every cell and there are certain genes that are on only in a specific type of cell so uh, i don't know if the percentage is what matters it's just like which ones I wouldn't know in every cell with how many genes are on at the same time. Okay. I was just thinking like how much we can be so different if they switched. Yeah, because also this on and off, it's a very big abstraction because sometimes it's not about on and off. It's just that you have it on in both, but in one you're producing much more than in the other. Like like the gene like you're producing a lot of protein from it and in the other one you just produce a little bit and that it might also be modulated by epigenetics or by other mechanisms epigenetics is by no means the only mechanism that the cell has to like regulate which proteins are produced but it's definitely a very fascinating one as you're in your phd what is that you are aiming to to find out I'm aiming to find out if there is a connection between changes in the epigenome in patients that respond to therapy and patients that don't respond to therapy in certain cancers. Like if if this like response to a certain treatment depends on like the epigenome of the cancer cells or not. Because like right now we don't know. It okay. might be that, it might be other mechanisms. So it might be that I find something, it might be that I find nothing. Okay. But um, but hey, definitely no results is still a result. Yes, that's true. And we already like we are really trying to publish now this study in which we show that like cancer cells can be reprogrammed from resistant to sensitive with the epigenome. So okay, so if 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 the epigenome could make you suddenly accept that medicine, whereas before you didn't, then again, even if you were sick again, your lifestyle and environment will still affect how well you can get cured. Yes, and that's why, like, for instance, there are now a lot of studies uh, linking nutrition to not only to cancer, but also to cancer response. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like the, like, the chemicals that you are getting during... I don't know if, that, if that's necessarily, like, linked to epigenetics, but, like, the environment in general predisposes a lot. Okay. Like, it's not that like having a healthy diet when you're a cancer patient will guarantee that you will be cured, but it might increase your chances. Okay. So people eat well, do exercise, be happy. <laughs> yes, which is something that we had known before, but now we proved it. <laughs> yeah, with, it's with science, so that's good. Yes. But now let's go into Cytegory. Yay! So again, we are going to, or rather you, Kiara, are going to generate a random letter. Okay. And um, it's a very difficult job. You have to push a button. Oh no, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> and then, so yeah, so you can generate a random letter there, and we have to answer with that letter these five categories, which are 
programming functions. My favorite. <laughs> We're all using computers here. Um, number two, SciComm events, because you like science communication, so SciComm events. Number three, Italian food. Yes. Because we, we understood how, how Chiara is, is, she likes food and she really doesn't like pineapple on pizza. Yes. Yes. Lisa is a master. I, I, I kind of feel I have to ask, what's your position about ketchup on pasta? Very strongly against that. <laughs> As in, I will never speak to you again. <laughs> Although in this country, I become more lenient because otherwise I wouldn't speak to too many people. <laughs> Number three is types of cancer. Number four. Number four is types of cancer. And number five is all about epigenetics. So whatever comes up. Whatever, yeah. So we have two minutes for it. And, and we can start with number one. If you can press L. L. Nice. Programming function. Wait, wait, wait. We have oh, to start. Oh, sorry, we have, sorry. We have to start the timer. And we have two minutes. Three, two, okay. one. Now, bro. Okay. Programming functions, not languages. Oh, yeah, yes, functions. Yes, yes, functions. Psychom uh, uh, events. The Science Basement Legal Lab. Oh, yes, Legal Lab. If you haven't seen it, go on the website, Legal yeah. Lab. Of oh, but we need to put for all of them. Yes. Okay, yeah. Italian food linguine. <laughs> it's a type of pasta. <laughs> linguine al pesto, if al we want to be. <laughs> Programming functions, loop, loops. 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 Yes. Loops. Well, loops are not functions, but... For, okay. There is loop. a function LM oh, in R, so... LM. Yes. But what it does in a minute. Yeah. Uh, types, types of, of cancer. lung cancer. Yes. Lung cancer. Can we stop correlating stuff to smoking right now? <laughs> Says the smoker. I'm, I'm uh, about epigenetics. Right mm. All about epigenetics. Um, is it the last one? Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. The last one. Okay. Epigenetics is la the length of the the length of the, the DNA thingy. Until it changes from my normal. Maybe the length of the ubiquitination. I love that. That's a, like a, one of the epigenetic modifications that I've never studied. But if I remember correctly, you get many ubiquitin molecules attaching to each other. And it can be like a very long chain. So length of the ubiquitin chain. And if I'm saying a stupid thing, I apologize to all the epigenetic oh, researchers out there. Yay, so we finished and we yes. still have some time left. So in the meanwhile, we'll say if you are curious about the Science Basement Legal, legal Lab, go on our website, uh, www.thesciencebasement.org and you can check uh, the super cool physics Legal Lab. It's super cool. Yeah. What is this UB? Ubiquitination. Like ubiquitin. I hope it's called like that. It's like uh, one of these chemicals. And this, or and or this it's a protein. Our... Maybe it's a protein. I actually okay. don't remember, but I remember <laughs> the name. The name. There was also sumo. Maybe it was sumulation. <laughs> oh my God. There are so many chemicals. I'm lost. And how about this LM function? Is that it? I think it's linear model. Mm. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go for round number two. Yeah, this this, this is one well. I, I love how Chiara was super excited that the first. What's linguine, by the way? It's pasta. Ling it's a type of pasta. Well, what type of pasta is it? I only know. It's like spaghetti, but not spaghetti. But flat. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yes. A bit like tagliatelle. Oh but my not god, tagliatelle. I was actually not tagliatelle. About tagliatelle. Oh wow! I think linguine are not with eggs inside. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I almost bought an apron for a friend with all the type of pasta in the name. That would be useful. <laughs> yes. 
Shall we go to round two? Yes. Random? yes. What? To round two. K. Okay. Uh, <laughs> kidney cancer. Wait. She has ah. Three, two, one, now. Kidney cancer. Kidney cancer. Noise. Um, programming functions. No um, idea. Psycho events. No idea. Italian food. I don't think the K exists in the Italian alphabet. No. no. <laughs> All about epigenetics. Uh, but, 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 I'm thinking if no. we had any drug that had like K. But... Key, key. Like, you know, key, like for opening doors. So that genome is the key to DNA. Unlocking. Key to DNA programming. No? <laughs> Key to DNA management. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Maybe that's I tried a my best. stretch. I, we, we, Functions we, K means. No, what K means is a type of clustering. K means. Ooh. I don't know if it's called like that. But I, don't know uh, I mean, the clustering is that, but I don't know I'm if sure the function is function. that. We trust you. We Psychom event. Okay, so we have left Italian food, and can we change? If we actually find Italian food that starts with C H. Then you read, you would read that like a K. That's not K. Mm-hmm. So we can stretch. Chiaretto del Garda is a wine. But that's not with K. But it's but K doesn't exist in Italian. Um, I mean, it's well, kale chips. It's not Italian food. Not at all. <laughs> no kale salad. No, with no. Italian dressing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, you have to know that Stephanie was doing. That. <laughs> I was doing the Italian hand. Yeah, yes, <laughs> which is very offensive for Italian because we have so many jesters. <laughs> have you seen Inglorious Bastards? On the the Italian, anyway, interesting. Psychom events. Knowledge. Knowledge exchange. That's not an Conference. event. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is it? I know, visualizing knowledge. That was a conference I went to. And that's how we lost. Well, that, that was a really, really Oh, Cascas events. Oh, Cascas Media. Yes, that's true. That's a it's a Psycom... Uh, agency, communications agency in Finland. In Finland, yes. Yes. And we collaborated with them once, right? Oh, you two girls were, were interviewed. Yes, oh, yeah, we really. were. <laughs> Me reminding you, hey, you got, you got interviewed. Oh, yes. yes. They're very cool. Okay, let's go for the last. Yeah, last round. Also, because we got the announcement that the, the library, library is, going to, is going to be closed. And we still need to take the picture. Yeah, oh, that's true. Let's uh, go for the last one. It's going to be a really cool letter. Yeah, get a cool letter, Chiara. Use the power of randomness. Wait, wait, wait. I think that... The... Press while you say pineapple on pizza. Wait, wait. Okay. Uh, pineapple on pizza. Okay. E. e. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. The timer, please. Oh yes. <laughs> For once, I'm the one who forgets. Three, two, one, now. E. Eval. It's a programming Evaluation? function. Oh yeah. Eval. And yeah. And eigenvalues. And. Okay. And and and. Okay. Eigenvalues. No, that's that was eval. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Psycho events. Um. E. Italian food. <laughs> Psycho events. Italian food. Egg. No, uh, um, uh, Easter egg. Easter egg. No, Easter, Easter, Easter Colomba. Easter Colomba. Yes. But it's called only Colomba. Oh, that's true. But you eat it in Easter. Yes. Types of cancer are all about epigenetics. Other eye cancer? All about epigenetics. It's could a bit be vague. Eye cancer. Yeah, all I about think... epigenetics could be epigenetics. <laughs> epigenome. 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 Yes. 
epigenomics, epigenetics. Um, yes. Uh, what what do we have? Okay, only only the psychom events. Um, something like you know the events by the science basement. <laughs> <laughs> Or like something like, you know, that uh, stuff that happens to, through the internet starts with E. Like, I send you an email, e-byte, e-talks. Like e-talks. I don't know. We need to create we could, we one. We need to start with e-talks. Yeah. yeah. Not like TED Talks, but like e-talks. E-talks. Yeah. Or if I give a talk, then it's Erika's talk. And that starts with E. I think we are fine. That's, yeah, how much we could, that's how much we could have stretched. Well, eye cancer is kind of vague, but... Does it I mean, exist? But, uh, well, retinoblastoma is Ear cancer. Of, well, I, I don't know. Yeah, probably it exists as well. I have never heard. Okay, so in the retina you get cancer. Yeah. Wow. Well, there are different types. There are other types of cancers as well in the eye. But really? I didn't know that the eye could, could be... Yeah. Oh. So I think pretty much everything can get cancer. Okay. Are there some body parts that are more prone to and why? More prone to cancer? Well, I guess that there are... I guess yes, because there are cancers that are more diffused. Yeah, that's true. And being working on epigenetics, my guess would be that they are just the ones that are the most exposed to stuff. weird stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Also, maybe they are the ones where cells... Um, duplicate more so okay well that was our game yeah i can't believe we couldn't come up with something else about psycho events e-talks yeah i don't know but we could make around we could start an e-talks we need to start researching other events yes. instead of only thinking our own are cool yeah <laughs> although they are <laughs> but Super now cool. actually um kiara is going to give us an anecdote because it's really it's directly related to what she's Doing her, her field, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Kara, please. You had a really cool story, yeah. Guest, yeah. Anecdote. So, our guest is anecdoting this time, yeah. Tell us the story. So, basically, because as you might have heard through the talk, I think that this link between epigenetic and environment is super cool. And uh, there have been studies, uh, since you were asking before, like the psychological environment, if it has any uh, effect. So one cool study that they did, because of course you cannot just be, take people and torture them psychologically. Uh, so you need to take what nature gives you. And uh, in 1998 in Quebec, there was this huge ice storm that caused a massive blackout for several months. Um, and um, what some researchers did is that they recruited some mothers that were pregnant during the blackout and uh, they made them fill in two questionnaires based on their stress level. Was One was objective stress and the other one was subjective stress. And then they tried to see if like mothers that were more stressed, like if the children of this mother had some changes in their epigenome. They, I think they checked like saliva and uh, some type of immune cells. And indeed they saw that like there were changes between like mothers that were more stressed and mothers that were less stressed. In, in the children epigenome and that was then linked to diseases uh, like some immune diseases or metabolic diseases and so on and one thing that I found kind of funny was that um, well it it linked only to the objective stress not the subjective stress but I think one of the measurements 
which I don't know if it was objective or subjective, I'm guessing subjective, <laughs> um, was that um, if the mother was living in the same house as her mother-in-law. So I guess that depending on your relationship with your mother-in-law, that might have been a factor on the health of your children. <laughs> <laughs> environment yeah that's a bit of a stretch of a conclusion but have a good relationship with your mother-in-law for the sake of your oh, offspring <laughs> so be happy eat well and have a good relationship with your mother-in-law yes that's the takeaway <laughs> that's, yeah, that, that's that's what we learned from today <laughs> Chiara thank you very much for teaching us about epigenetics and the epigenome and yeah, this subject sounds really, really, really complicated and, and looks like there is a lot to be done in order to, in, in research. But, yes. But I, uh, from, from what you told us, I think that like the, there is very, very good chance to progress in the next few years. Yeah, Maybe. I think it's still like quite of a fashionable topic in research. So people are willing to invest and try to understand it better. So... If you don't know what to research in your future, consider epigenetics. Yeah. You yeah. need it. That's... And uh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, and thank you so much for coming. Thanks and now coming. we have to run away before the library people will kick us. Yes, picture time, picture yes, time. Yes, it's picture time. And Thanks. see you guys see you week. Uh, in, two, in weeks. two weeks. See you in two weeks. Bye. 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 The science. Basement.